Prospect Pipeline. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our latest edition of Prospect Pipeline, the first edition for the 2022-2023 season. I'm Brian Smith, joined by Bill Meltzer as we get set to take a look at what's going on in the Flyers organization away from Philadelphia. Some of the players that are playing with Lehigh Valley Phantoms most specifically, but elsewhere in the system as well as the uh, 22-23 season gets underway in all sorts of different leagues, the American Hockey League and a lot of the amateur leagues as well. And Bill, I I think we're finally getting back to normal, even so in those leagues. I mean, last year uh, was, uh, again, you know, a a normal-ish year for um, the National Hockey League. There were some other places that did deal with some restrictions kind of halfway through the year, but, um, you know, this is kind of of the other side of it, I guess, as far as the uh, development ranks are concerned and everybody getting in and, you know, getting back to hopefully a normal season. Yeah. The, particularly two seasons ago, it, it uh, crazy for everybody. And some leagues didn't even play like the uh, Ontario hockey league didn't even, didn't even have a season. Um, so last season was kind of a median step. And this year, this year is essentially back to normal as normal as it gets anyway. Um, and I think just as you know, generally in the system, also this is the first year in a while the Flyers essentially had healthy prospects. They've they've been just absolutely just racked with injuries from guys at the NHL level, young players, you know, down through the system. Um, so I, I think you get a better gauge on, on what you have with some of these players this year. <laughs> I guess looking at the grand scheme of things, we've seen this a little bit at the um, NHL level where guys had um, been developing well, um, you know, at the NHL level, and, you know, the, the Travis Konechny's and Ivan Provorovs of the world, and then their development kind of stalled. And then there was a class of guys right behind them um, that kind of stalled as well. Um, I, I don't know what you're seeing in terms of maybe the next group that uh, comes along or, or maybe how the Tyson Foresters and Zade Wisdoms and, and other guys in that group uh, behind them, they, they all seem to, you know, be back on track maybe just in terms of what you would expect from their development. Sure. And, and, you know, for those guys, um, particularly the couple guys you mentioned, it was last year was essentially a lost season for those guys. Um, Zade Wisdom had shoulder surgery. Jason Forster also had shoulder surgery. He actually started the year with the Phantoms, um, played nine games, and then he was he was lost essentially till very late in the season, um, came back to the Ontario League and finished up there. But he, he was playing catch-up um, the whole time. Really, really, until the World Junior Championships, that actually, you know, not for many people was the uh, cancellation rescheduling of the World Juniors, you know, a blessing in disguise. But that that actually was the case with Forza. He was able to play there, play in the top line at a productive tournament, and he was able to come to rookie camp knowing, hey, I'm back to 100. percent So that uh, that was big for him, and uh, you know, same same thing with some other guys too. Um, uh, Elliot Denoyer had the off-season surgery. He's fine now. Um, so for for a lot of you know for a lot of these guys, getting getting them back to health in some cases, uh, in, in those two cases, two, those two cases specifically, they're playing their first real first real AHL season. Um, remember the AHL season two two years ago? Forrester played with the Phantoms, and uh, Zade Wisdom also played with the Phantoms. But it was a weird year. A, because it was only 20-something games. Um, All the games were played inside your division. The season started in February, and there were no playoffs. Plus, NHL teams had the the taxi squads that year. So there was very watered-down rosters. There were a lot of players 
who are, would have been otherwise in junior hockey, including Wisdom and Forster, were in the AHL because their leagues didn't have a season that year. So you're playing against a fair number of junior players in the American League. Now, now it's more of a true test. It's more of a typical AHL year. So I think, I think you get a better gauge as to where those players are in the development. So taking a look now at the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, who are four games into their season, two, one, and one on the year, had a home, and, or rather a, a, a two-game set, both of them at home, uh, with the Cleveland Monsters uh, over the weekend, a team that's been um, you know pretty formidable at the AHL level over the past couple of years. They split it, uh, 4-3 loss on Saturday, 5-4 win yesterday. Uh, it, it does seem like, by and large, the Phantoms are scoring some goals, 13 goals as a team through the first four games obviously a small sample size but um, what's been going on down there in terms of who's been standing out so far this year yeah big big change from last year where the phantoms came out of the gates and they really just could not score and uh i think the, i think they were winless through their first eight games last year they only had uh i think three wins after 20 games last year so they're already off to a better start this season than last it's also been nice to see some of the young guys standing out. You, you take the most recent game against Cleveland. Um, the offensive catalyst, to a large extent, was uh, Ronnie Adder. Two goals in the first period, three points for the game. One of one of which was a shorthanded point. Um, you know, he's he's been a catalyst offensively. Um, still has work to do with his defensive game. That's really what he needs to work on to work his way up to the NHL and establish himself in the NHL. Because we saw Ron, Ronnie. Uh, the latter part of last season, and they actually and actually opened the season on the Flyers NHL roster uh, briefly, although we didn't get any games. But um, so that's uh, you, know, you want to see the young guys contribute. Obviously, in the AHL level, it's important to have veteran leadership, as it is in any league. And um, you know, so you know, so the the O'Neills and the, the Wilsons and then those guys are still there in the High Valley. But the younger players are taking a bigger bite in the roster, and, and you can see it in the results. Um, I guess there's no more exciting story going on with the fans right now than uh, Elliot Denoye because he has goals in each of his first three AHL games. And they've, they've been legitimate ones, too. These haven't been puck lock kind of goals. They've been really nice, showing his speed off, showing his, his two-way game. Um, you know, he, he came to rookie camp with uh, – Pretty high expectations, not, not necessarily making the Flyers to begin the year. Just the guy was coming off of back-to-back really outstanding seasons in the Quebec League, played in the World Juniors for for Canada, the gold medalist, and he showed his versatility because uh, for the World Junior squad, his main role was as a fourth-line player. But when they had injuries, he was able to move up and, and show that he had other parts of his games as well. Uh, and that's really that's really what his niche is anyway, uh, as a, as a two way player, some speed and some offense to his game and, and not just as a checking forward, you know? Um, so I, I think he's a guy who might be the Swiss army knife kind of a player. And he's shown that with the phantoms where he can play different roles, different situations, can play center, can play wing. Um, you, you couldn't ask for a better start to the career. And, you know, he, here he is starting his career just in, in, uh, you know, in, in Best form possible, I guess. And, you know, other young players, too. Um, Tyson Forster, who we just talked about, um, had a goal. He was one on two against the defense and scored just a beautiful turnaround shot um, in the most recent game. So it's not just it's not just the veterans who are, who are leading the way. A lot of the young players are. And, 
And, and as we saw during the Flyers training camp and rookie camp before that, Samuel Erson, now that he's healthy, is a really high-end goalie prospect. Um, his first his first start of the regular season um, in, in Hershey, he was outstanding. And his start against Cleveland the, uh, the other night, uh, for two periods, he was lights out. Nobody nobody was scoring on him. The, the one goal that was scored probably should have been called goalie interference, but it was allowed to stand. And the third period, they got to him a little bit, and they lost in overtime. But but overall, there's a lot to be excited about with him. Um, there, he's he's in a goalie tandem with Troy Grosnick, veteran. Um, so if you if you look at that Phantoms roster, on paper, it's a much improved team. They still have to find their level, kind of settle in a little bit. The, the first two games, they were they were outshot and outchanced by a wide margin and the only reason they won one of the games was because of the goaltending. Um, the second weekend was was better. Uh, and, and, it, and it takes some time. It takes some time for a team to get into a groove. But uh, if you look at this this year's team compared to the last year's, I, I, th- I think it's a much improved team. I, I think the next step, Brian, that I think is important, I really want to see Cam York take charge uh, as a guy who makes an impact Obviously, in the offensive zone as an offensive-minded defenseman, but also as a guy who triggers transition rushes, breaks up plays. You know, you, you see you see hints of it. Um, I, I think there's room for more consistency in his game. Uh, that, that, I think, is crucial for Cam. Big for the organization's future, too. I mean, there's a lot invested in him as a first-round pick. So, um, you know, we'd like to see it in, in the weeks to come, you know, him standing out in, in a positive way. Uh, and a game in and game out pace. It's not a play, not just a play here and a play there. I, I think that's, uh, if they can do that, then they're not like, and he can take his game to another level. Phantoms will be better for it. And, and then he'll be back in the conversation to, to be called up to. So Jason Martinez and I have been talking a little bit on the radio broadcast uh, over the last week or so about uh, what happens moving forward if the Flyers have any more injuries, which, um, you know, may, might be on the horizon here. Um, do you do something like call up a, uh, you know, the, the, the logical first choice would be your Tyson Forrester or somebody like that in your system? However, Chuck Fletcher said at the start of the year that he doesn't necessarily want to call Forrester up uh, on a whim. He wants him to get some time down there to develop and then get himself into a rhythm and uh, kind of dominate that league. So instead of him, do you think you look at a Denoye or, or somebody else who is, you know, again, right now, Denoye is uh, just getting his feet wet at the pro game. Um, maybe it would interrupt him a little bit less to come up before Forrester or Wisdom or some of those other guys that might be, you know, uh, seemingly higher on the depth chart. Yeah, and that's part of it too. Is uh, how many minutes is he likely to get? What what role do you need him for? Um, I mean, the Flyers took a one-game look at Ola Leakcell. Really didn't get very much ice time in that game. It was really hard to to read much of anything into it. He's an, he's another guy that he like to see get playing time, but he's a little bit of an older player too. Sometimes that that factors in. Um, so you know, I. I He's not the guy that I would rule out after seeing, seeing them call up again. They did call him up once. Um, and there's other and there are other moves in the, within the Flyers roster, like uh, like Tanner Lazinski, for example. He's not he's not playing a lot right now. If Tanner were to go back to the Phantoms, then maybe one of the other younger guys gets a look for for a while too. I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of use of the Phantoms all season. Um, Chuck Fletcher said that before the season started. That's been the case already. Several players have. Have been already called up. 
Um, I, I think that for you know a guy like Forster, if he's in a groove and he's scoring and and definitively says, you know, <laughs> I deserve a look up at the NHL level, which is kind of what Joel Farabee did his first year. He went down. He started that season with the Phantoms, and he, he was. He was dominant at the AHL level tour. He he came back up quickly. Um, so it really the player determines some of that, but I also think situationally it does. And the Flyers, the Flyers have a lot of injuries, and sometimes you can't always go by what the ideal situation is. Sometimes you just have to call up your best player and, and see if he can see if he can make it in the NHL level sooner rather than maybe you script in the first place. Well, we'll see where things go for the Flyers over the course of this week in that regard. Um, you know, again, looking at the team as a whole, we talked about some of the individuals. Um, you know, obviously, the uh, second year as a head coach for Ian LaPerriere, there's no doubt he's got a year of experience under his belt now as a head man. Um, you know, he's done done it all, but this was his first shot as a head coach. And, you know, the, the injuries and everything certainly um, made that a little bit more difficult. Have you, have you talked to Lappy at all about how? Uh, how he's approaching this second year uh, in charge of the Phantoms, and uh, you know what, what if anything he's adjusting from the way he did it the first time. Yeah, Lappy actually, uh, I haven't, I, I haven't spoken directly to Lappy since Flyers training camp. You know, he was he was running the bench at the mm-hmm. uh, start of camp, but uh, just based on interviews with Bob Rotruck and uh, other people in the Phantoms beat, you know, and what he was saying to us in the Philadelphia media at the start of camp, he said that he. The first year coaching was a, a, definitely a learning experience. He'd never been a head coach prior to, to last year. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think that the, I think some of the give and take between player and, and coach, particularly the American League level, because the American League, you have your veterans, but it's also still a developmental league. So, you know, a big part of it is you're, you're coaching, you're coaching players to, not be afraid of making mistakes, but don't keep making the same ones and just showing a good attitude and, and, and learn, you know, about learning and development. And, um, you know, I think, I think Lappy in his first season last year, the players who he really took to were, were the Hayden Hodgson types um, and trying, trying to bring out more of the, the high skill guys, I, I think is, a, is an ongoing thing with Lappy because yeah, I knew how Lappy played the game. He was a heart and soul yeah. kind of a player, you know, and uh, had a very specific way of playing. I think that, um, you know, I think one of the one of the realizations as a head coach, particularly as an assistant coach, you're you're in the room with the players a lot, and you're you're kind of their liaison, you know, with the head coach, and you're you're almost an extension of the room, kind of in in between the head coach and, and the group of players. Um, as head coach, it's a little different. You, you're always you're always taking the big picture view. So I think that that that's been an adjustment for Ian. Um, and and I think also, I mean, listen, as a big picture thing, uh, the Phantoms cannot have happened what happened the first weekend. You can't spend all game defending and relying on your goaltenders too much. And that's really what happened the first the first weekend. Uh, the fans were lucky to win one of those two games. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a process of continuous improvement. So I thought week two was better. And, and then you see where you go from there. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think from a, from a head coaching perspective, um, you're doing two things in the American League. You're trying to get players ready to be called up to the NHL level. Of course, you're also trying to win games too. And, um, 
I think that uh, I think striking some balance in there it takes takes some doing, takes takes some time. Um, you know, the Phantoms had uh, Scott Gordon behind the bench for a long time. He's a very experienced head coach. Um, you know, then it's just it, it the whole it, it's a whole different thing. You know, with uh, with Lappy and Lappy, Lappy always give you honest feedback too. Yeah. You know, ultimately, ultimately, he wants his player. You, you know, he wants to put his players in position to succeed. Um, you know, the, I think there's a give and take with a coach and a player is to where, you know, I want you to try doing it my way. If it doesn't work, then, then we'll find another way. And that, that, that definitely takes some fine tuning, some adjustment. I, I think that, um, uh, I think we'll see four games is too small of a sample size, but I think we'll see over several months, over half of a season, just where Lappy's adapted mm-hmm. and, and what further adjustments may be needed. So taking a look past the Phantoms down into uh, where some other guys are, and uh, I guess the biggest name out there that um, you know folks are keeping an eye on for those of you that watch the Phantom system is Cutter Gauthier, who is uh, you know getting another year going and has had a pretty good start overall. Uh, what, what's uh, what's up to speed on him and and some of the other guys that are uh, you know playing still at the amateur levels? Uh, well, Cutter missed the first two games of the season due to a, a personal matter. Um, but he's played. He's played the last two games for Boston College. He has goals in both games and assists in, in one of the games. Um, you know, he, he's as advertised. He has a big shot, very strong physically, very hard to take off the puck. Sees the ice really well. There's some two-way upside there. You know, he, he look. He looks like a guy who's going to be a player. Who's going to be a pro, rather a pro player. In relatively quick order. I don't think he's a guy who's going to play three years of college. Um, right. Maybe just one and, and two at most. Yeah, Joel um, Farabee type route, something like uh, that. The, the, the Farabee kind of route, exactly, where, where he, he's a pro probably probably next year. Um, and he, and he, you know, he may need some AHL time, too. We'll, we'll see. But definitely, definitely there, there's a, a, lot of, a lot of upside to him. You, you could see why he was picked fifth overall. And he's kind of just scratching the surface. Um, you know, he's adapting to playing center full time. He'd been mostly a winger previously. Um, and last year he was switched to playing a lot more center. And the Flyers see him as a center long term. And, you know, a center doesn't, I mean, stereotypically, the center is, is the playmaker and not necessarily the guy who scores the goals. Um, Gauthier's a little different. He, he, I'm not going to compare him to Jeff Carter because they're not the same player, but Carter was always a guy who was more finisher than playmaker. I think Gauthier fits, fits that description too, that he's going to probably score more goals and he gets assists. Um, I, as a center, you're going to handle the puck more than, more than you might off on a wing. The defensive responsibilities are higher. I mean, honestly, I, I think that uh, he should be pretty happy with his adjustments so far. Uh, he's eligible for the World Junior Championships and all that. This is so we'll, we'll learn a lot more about him as, as as it goes along. But I think what absolutely stands out right off the bat is that uh, he's a load for defensemen to handle, and he gets rid of the puck very quickly. It's a very good shot. Um, and I was going to say also, you know, when, when you when you're following BC, it, it's a two for one deal because uh, Devin Kaplan is there too as a freshman and. Um, with Gautier out of the lineup, he actually had a goal and assist uh, in, in his college debut. Um, brings a very physical element to his game, very north-south kind of skater. 
Um, had several hits in that first game, and now and now that they're back to kind of a full lineup, he's taking the more traditional role. You might say of a freshman player is that he, he's playing on the fourth line, going in trying to establish a forecheck, playing with a lot of energy. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't expect the numbers necessarily for uh, the the stand in line with what he did his first week. Um, that's not necessarily his role right now, but long term, long term, he he's a guy I think also might. Has a pretty good chance of being being a pro at some point, um, not, not in a year or so. I mean, he's probably going to play a few years of college until until he turns pro. But from a Flyers standpoint, BC is a, is a fun program to follow this year. And I mean, there's all those BC connections too on the on the current Flyers roster as well. So that's uh, you know, so it's pretty neat. And I'm sure there's some uh, back and forths from uh, some of the other. New England schools too between those guys as uh, as it rolls along. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, uh, going overseas real quick. Uh, Flyers still have uh, a couple of guys playing over there, and Emil Andre is having a, a pretty uh, pretty good start to his year in Sweden. Yeah, um, it's a it's a tough situation when you have a, a good player on a not so good team. Um, so he has one goal and I think four points in their first 10 games teams only won a couple of games. Huh? Uh, the team he plays for was playing a level down because in Europe they have relegation and promotion like the like soccer leagues have it. So last year they were one of the top teams in the second tier league. And now, now that they're being promoted, they're, they're near the bottom of the standings. I, I, I would, I would venture a guess just from seeing highlights of games that uh, Andrea could probably have three or four more points because the team struggles to finish. Uh, he gets his shots through from the point really, really well. Um, so that's, uh, that's something that's going to serve him well at every level of the game. Um, as small as he is, he gets in there and he competes. Um, and he has that, that low center of gravity. He's deceptively strong. Um, so his lack of height really shouldn't hinder him too, too much going forward. Um, I think as many Flyers fans know, he was the captain of Team Sweden at the World Juniors. He played in the he, – uh, he made the all-tournament, all-star team at the end of the tournament. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to be excited about with him. I think he'll be over in North America next year. Um, you know, and um, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see where it goes. Um, I, I wouldn't go, again, go overboard with the points expectations at the – Kind of a defensive-oriented league to begin with, right? And and B, yeah, you know, he's on the low-scoring team, so I don't uh, I don't know in that regard. But just just in terms of continuing to get stronger physically, continue to grow as a two-way defenseman, you know, I, I think I think all of that is there. Um, he's one of the, he's one of the two the two guys in Europe who, who this year are worth paying attention to outside the outside the Russian goalie in the KHL, and you know, actually two Russian goalies. But uh, the, the whole political situation there, we could do a whole show just on all the complications around that. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say the other guy, the other guy worth following is uh, Samu Tuomala, who the Flyers picked in the second round, um, I guess a year ago now. Um, and, uh, you know, unlike with Andrea, it's been a struggle for Samu so far. Uh, he was struggling for ice times, uh, struggling with confidence. And they moved him first. They moved him down to the junior teams, their, their under twenty team. Uh, that levels that levels too low for him. Mm-hmm. And I think he had something like fourteen shots on goal in two games. 
that's uh, that wasn't challenging enough for him. So they loaned him out to uh, Mestis, which is the which is minor league. So they loaned him out to another team in the Finnish minor leagues, mm-hmm. and, and um, that that I think right now was a suitable challenge for him. He's he's getting more ice time. He's starting to score a little bit. Um, I, I think there's some disappointment that he didn't make it with the uh, with the top level team to start this year. Their hopes that he would. He still might. I mean, you know, it's still it's still October, and particularly with young players, it could look very different in January. It's only it's only looked different by March, but um, you know, I, I think that Samu so far, I, I think that uh, his development's a little bit behind maybe where it was hoped it would be. But yeah, my my thing is always you never write off a teenage player. He, right. he, he has speed. He has hands. He has all the tools. I mean, he, he lit up the under-18 world. He's, he still has that upside to him. Um, and we'll, we'll see how it goes over the next few months. So you know, now, that he's, now that he's playing at a level where he'll, he'll get ice time, but it's a little bit more of a challenge, we'll see how he responds. All right. Well, we'll uh, be doing this fairly regularly, I think, again here this year. We didn't really have a chance to do this a lot, talk about uh, what was going on in the system, just because the system was so crazy these last few years with, uh, you know, like Bill said, uh, some leagues canceling entire seasons. Uh, One year, the American Hockey League played 30 games, something like that. So uh, now that we're back into a regular rhythm of things, um, you know, we'll be doing this uh, once a week, once every other week or so, and we'll keep you up to speed on what's going on. So the Lehigh Valley Phantoms have a three and three coming up this weekend. They'll have a, a visit from the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins on Friday, followed by the Bridgeport Islanders on Saturday, and then they'll be in Hershey on Sunday. You can uh, catch all that action, of course, with Bob Rotruck at uh, phantomshockey.com and uh, listen to it there. We're also going to have Friday and Sunday's games for you on uh, Flyers Radio 24-7, which is now accessible on uh, HD Radio in your cars at 92.5 FM HD3. So you can catch those broadcasts there as well. We'll have uh, as many Phantoms games as we can get in when they uh, don't conflict with the big club uh, here in Philadelphia. So for Bill Meltzer, I'm Brian Smith. Thanks a lot for joining us here today, and we will talk to you soon. The preceding program is an original production of the Flyers Broadcast Network. You can find this and other programs available on demand at flyersbroadcastnetwork.com.